1: City are ringing in the new year with the return of King Kevin, but what does his return mean for Phil Foden, Pep's tactics, and City's title hopes? We'll answer all those questions and more. It's Tuesday, January 9th. I'm Adam Booker. I'm Alex Brotherton. And I'm Lee Bartley. And this is a City Report podcast. Here for goodness. Welcome back to the show, gentlemen. Alex, uh, I saw you standing in solidarity with Super Dry uh, protesting at the Etihad this weekend. Other than the emotional uh, impact of that, how was your weekend? Right. I, for, for
3: clarity, I was standing in, in solidarity with Asahi, Super, Apostrophe, Dry, Apostrophe. So you will be hearing from my lawyers, Mr. Booker. Um, yeah, no, I like the City. weekend was good. <laughs> um yeah no it was it was good it was a fairly straightforward game wasn't it so wasn't the most thrilling game i've ever seen at the etihad but um i don't get to too many games uh anymore so yeah it was nice nice to see a few friends um yeah just a fairly straightforward non-stressful day at the etihad so yeah very nice
1: luke i know you made the long long trip trek over to the etihad from glossop how was your weekend Oh, here we go. Every episode is a gossip jibe. I mean, hang on, we, we've got
0: one of the West Didsbury and Charlton's ultras here with us today. Maybe, maybe <laughs> we can make some jokes about that. How about that? Uh, but yeah, it was good. First time doing corporate, um, actually. At City. Oh yeah, yeah, it's for me. Um, my dad's out. birthday. Uh, it it was good. To be fair, I enjoyed it. I just think for the price, it wasn't. It wasn't what I was expecting. I mean, you could have included a few drinks in there, but you know. Uh, But I I mean, it was it was good to do something different, I suppose. And my dad enjoyed it, which is
1: the main thing. I want to hear about it. Was it how many courses was the meal? Was it? Oh mate, you can have as many as you want. What was the drink selection?
0: I mean, it was a self service uh, food. So I went to the Legends Lounge, which is the cheapest one because am I paying for Tunnel Club? No. Did I feel awkward in the place? Yes. Wasn't me at all, uh, but it, it, it was it was self service food. The Food was banging to be fair. It was like a Rogan Josh lamb shoulder. Oh, it was good. Ooh. Oh, it was good. No. Um, and then then drinks. It was a paid bar. Um, Our usual beers, so um, Asahi, classic. I was standing in solidarity my brother. Um, and um, uh, rosh and and just just your usuals, really. But I mean, the staff were very good. Uh, I, I I sat in a very comfy seat. It was very different to West We Let me just say that, Alex, definitely. Um, we were seating. Um, and I got abused by my mates for going
1: corporate. So apart from that, I had a great day. Well, we won't be quite as mean. Club club hospitality seems like the kind of place that you need to know which side the fork goes on and which side the knife goes on. And I don't know the answer to that question. And therefore, I'll, continue, I'll continually sit in my nice seat behind the goal in the north end of Providence Park. Um, right, let's talk about the, the football now and we're going to talk about Kevin De Bruyne specifically because of course he made his return to the pitch against Huddersfield at the weekend um, obviously getting on the score sheet with a lovely assist for a Jeremy Doku goal. Um, Alex I want to start with you and I, and I think really where I want to start is talking about De Bruyne's role in the team and and we do have some some quotes here about kind of um, whether or not he'll be kind of drip-fed into the team or stuck right back in. And this is what, what Pep had to say about it after the Huddersfield game. He said, what Kevin needs, what every player with long injury ne- injuries needs is to accumulate weeks of training and minutes. A setback would be the worst for Kevin. If he can train four or five or six training sessions in a row, play minutes in a game, then after that, another four or five training session, minutes again, one day, 90 minutes, another 15 minutes train good in Abu Dhabi he's going on and on but you can get the gist there that we need to see some kind of um long-term fitness from Kevin De Bruyne before he really is thrust back into the full swing of things according to Pep um I think we probably can all all agree he came back a bit too early at the start of the season and we saw exactly how that went so this is the right idea from Pep isn't it
3: yeah of course um I mean, it's. I am always a little bit skeptical. Uh, it seems that at City, when you know these players that over time have become a little bit injury prone, so obviously John Stones is kind of prime candidate there. And when they pick up another injury, everyone's very quick to say, "Oh, they brought them back too quickly." But you know, no one really knows what's too quick. At the end of the day, yes, the doctors can you know can do the tests and they can give their sort of qualified opinion but they at the end of the day the player's always going to say I'm ready I want to play so it kind of it's never a hundred percent like on City and the doctors and Guardiola and the coaches to say you know this player isn't ready but uh you know the player has got to take some sort of responsibility and maybe that was a part of what happened with with Kevin back in uh back in August when you know it he did come back a bit sooner than people thought after the Champions League final injury. Um, but then, yeah, obviously the club are taking a more sort of, and well, Guardiola's taking a more cautious approach. And yeah, they don't want to be, especially if he's going to be the kind of player that, um, I think there's some quotes recently from Guardiola saying, you know, De Bruyne doesn't help kind of with the build-up. He helps you win games by, you know, being decisive in the final third, playing those key passes, scoring those goals. So if you're going to want him at the sort of the business end of the season... Which was still a few months away off yet. Um, it would be daft to sort of, you know, yes, you want to build momentum and get him into the swing of things more, build his sharpness, but not at the expense of, you know, putting strain on that hamstring, which has undergone really quite major surgery. So I think it's definitely the right approach, especially with the with the sort of the benefit of hindsight and what's gone before. Um, but yeah, so I think it, it yeah, it's get some more sort of training sessions in, under the belt. And then, yeah, Newcastle away. It's obviously Newcastle aren't in a great moment, but still not the kind of opponent you, at St. James's Park when it's kind of rocking and they'll try and make it an end-to-end game. It's not the kind of game you want to be having De Bruyne play in like 60, 70 minutes, I don't think, uh, in his current state. So, yeah, I think Guardiola's spot on with that. And I'd be more than happy to see not much of De Bruyne over the next few weeks and just, you know, take it easy.
1: Luke, I want to play devil's advocate because I wouldn't be a very good host if I didn't. Um, I think I know your answer to this, but is there a case that City are behind in the title race? Fuck off, you big truck. (laughs) That's rude.
0: Call me big truck again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is there a case to be made that City are behind in the title race? Um, need to start winning some more games to catch up in the title race. I know with the game in hand, it could potentially be two points, but at the moment it's five behind league leaders, Liverpool. Um, we also had a bit of a debate online at the weekend with some of the tackles coming in from the Huddersfield players in the first half that, oh, actually, I don't want to see De Bruyne come into this game. You know, Keep him rested, keep him away from this kind of um, this kind of heavy metal football that we're seeing. And um, But is there an argument that, in order for him to get back to the form that we know he has, he needs to play. He needs to get minutes into the legs. Um, and the only way to do that is to get on the pitch. Heavy
0: metal football,
1: Huddersfield town. I tell you what, I'm metal.
0: flipping that and we are getting that on Twitter. Uh, I, I'm, I'm calling it heavy metal because when when it. I
1: picture heavy metal, I picture like mosh pits and just throwing <laughs> elbows and fists and and wild knees and shins. And that was kind of what we were getting from Huddersfield. No, we
0: would stop being softbooker. It was a it was a typical like Alex probably sees GBH on a weekly basis when he watches non-league football. Like it's it's, it's, it's how English football works. I think we should just ban the
1: Championship after that.
0: <laughs> All right, Joe, Richie, calm down. Um, so, what what you can't bubble wrap players? Like I understand, yes, it, it's it's horrible into it with when you have got muscular problems because. They can go in an instant. They can go in a, t- a quick turn of foot. They can go in a turn. They, you can't predict it, but you can't bubble wrap players. I, at the end of the day, if he needs to get much sharpness, we all know that. Um, De Bruyne also, when he's in form, he's in form and he likes to play every week. He's a bit like a Roger when he's like that. He, he, he wants to play football. So you can't just bubble wrap him when his game's like this, especially when after Newcastle, we've got a two week break. Like that's a long time to not play any football. So. I, I I wouldn't start him against Newcastle, no, but I think giving him that thirty minutes against Huddersfield really is gonna stand him in good stead. It's gonna help him sort of adjust back to um life 'cause end of the day, you you can't just get Matt Sharpness back in training. It doesn't work like that. Games work so differently. Um so I'm happy he got his thirty minutes. I'm hoping he gets some more game time against Newcastle. Maybe if we're going into a one-one a situation where we need a goal. I wouldn't, be mind, I, I, I wouldn't be mindful to stick him on. I mean, at the end of the day, he's got the quality and he's if he's what we need, he can make that difference. And also, like, they've got that young Lewis Miley who's definitely going to be good in for him if he does come on where he wants to make a name for himself, an 18-year-old holding midfielder who's from Newcastle. He's going to want to hit Kevin De Bruyne. Play some heavy like. metal football. <laughs> yeah, he's going to play some heavy metal football. And two, right, he should do. At the end of the day, if, 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 if a posing number comes on and he, he's, he's got a bit of an injury... you you're going to play to it, aren't you? You're going to try and and go into it, but that's how football works. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't bubble wrap him. I I would definitely um, get him, ease him into much sharpness, but don't just think, oh, we've got, we've got to recover here. There's
1: no point he won't ever recover from these injuries. Is this a bad time for De Bruyne to be coming back, Alex? I know that's kind of a loaded question because it's never a bad time to get your (laughs) best player, maybe the club's best ever player um, back into the fold. But, Given the fact that he does need to get some match sharpness, but maybe there's an argument to be said that he shouldn't be playing 90 minutes yet. Pep said it himself that he probably won't be playing 90 minutes yet. Given the fact that at the moment City are playing only once a week and they're going to go into a two-week break, um, is it a bad time for him to come back in the sense that if we were playing Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday for a few weeks, he can get 20 here, 30 there, 40 there, and really get slowly kind of fed back into the team?
3: Um, yeah, I think maybe you you make a good point. Like if, yeah, if we were talking like, uh, if we were in like October and then, yeah, there's game on the weekend, Champions League game midweek, like, yeah, there'd be more chance for minutes, but I don't know. I'm not quite, I don't think I'm as gunko as Luke in terms of just getting him straight back into it. But, um, I think he does have a
1: point in the sense that with muscular injuries, sitting is not the thing right you do need to no. kind of you do need to kind of stretch it out a bit and and get it working again
3: yeah 100% but i guess the the counter argument would be through training session city can completely dictate how that happens you there's know no if, there's no training session variables. that can match the energy of huddersfield town
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> i mean you could if you want heavy metal, we could go slide tackling around uh, Satan's Hollow or something, but I don't know. Um, yeah,
0: <laughs> Adam Booker's got no idea what that means. He's got no. Sounds um, like an old, sounds
3: like an old Disney movie to me. <laughs> no, it's good a. Reference. <laughs> it's an institution that uh, caters to a certain type of heavy metal. Golf fan, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's a club. It's a club in Manchester a nightclub. Anyway, um, can can I shock uh, you guys yeah. real
1: quick? <laughs> can I shock you guys real quick? Go on. I was a huge metalhead as a child. I'm
0: wi- I'm literally going to see Brimmed Rising on Saturday. I, my, I, I like, like the highlights My dad
1: like- used to get me and my best friend Brad. He'd get us two tickets to Rockstar Energy Mayhem Fest. He'd get us tickets down in the in the pit, and then my dad would get himself a lawn seat. He would go up and. He used to tell me that he was sleeping and reading. I'm now probably thinking he was doing other things up in the lawn by himself <laughs> during the shows. But, um, And me and my, my buddy Brad, 12, 13 years old, would go in for Slipknot and Marilyn Manson and Lamb of God and just lose our minds, probably eating Skittles and, and drinking Rockstar energy drinks maybe that's what kev's been doing since uh august you know no yeah, he, he did um, <laughs> grow his hair out maybe it's for some headbanging oh he looks like shaggy oh, yeah. from
0: scooby-doo
3: don't he what's he doing he needs to get his hair cut don't he <laughs> what's he doing um no, i, I kind of like it i rate it but um but to answer the original question um yeah i think maybe if there was a few more games it, it obviously it's good to not even forgetting about the injury uh to the hamstring, but just, you know, about getting getting his rhythm back. But as we saw on Saturday, he didn't look too kind of... Yes, it, City were already 4-0 up and it's a pretty simple cross to the back post, but he's clearly not, you know, completely out of it like some pl- players would be if they've just come back from four months out. Um, but saying that, just looking at the fixtures now, obviously uh, Newcastle away might... could be tough, even though they're not playing great. But Burnley at home's a game you can imagine that if things go according to plan, City might be a few goals ahead bring him on for the last 20-25 minutes, um, maybe Everton at home, although they've been looking better under under Dyche recently. So, yeah, perhaps it would have been better if it was a bit of a busier schedule, but I guess there's going to be the FA Cup uh, fourth round tie as well, um, which could come into. So, yeah, it's never a bad time to get the Bruiner back, is it? But I suppose, as I'm sure we'll come on to, you could also look at it through the prism of how... Uh, other players of uh what roles they've taken up in his absence and yeah might not be the best time to try and squeeze them all in but yeah i'm sure we'll come on to that
1: that's a perfect segue you should start hosting because we're going to take a break from uh part (laughs) one there come back with more heavy metal references in part two and and talk about uh kevin de bruyne's role and what the domino effect for the rest of the players is
2: ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well
1: Welcome back to the City Report podcast. If you are new here, please hit follow, hit subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review with your favorite metal band, and if it's not Slipknot, don't leave a fucking review. Uh, Luke, I'm going to come to you. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Phil Foden here because uh, the, the narrative around City as of late has been that Phil Foden is excelling in midfield, and maybe not midfield, but centrally in attack. And we've kind of all been pining for this moment since – Phil broke into the team in, in 2016. Was to see him in that in those pockets and and see what he was able to do in uh, in the academy. Was which was you know kind of play on the half turn and be that little creator. Um, and he's excelling. We saw him be man of the match against Everton. He was man of the match against Huddersfield. Um, he's scoring. He's assisting. He's kind of doing everything that we've been waiting for him to do from a central role. Um, but Kevin De Bruyne's return for Phil Foden kind of comes at a bad time because. If anybody's going to lose out on a role in, in the midfield, it's probably him. Um, however, we, we did have some interesting quotes from, from Pep Guardiola at the weekend talking about that. Um, and he said, there are different players in, in that, but it's true that in the final third, in the decisive moments, both are incredible. Phil is playing unbelievable lately in that position in the threats, and he feels comfortable. What the fuck in the threats mean? I have I have no clue. Someone's going to need some – I need a pep translator here. Uh, he said, and in certain games, of course, they can both play together in that position, in the pockets, in the middle, close to the box. In some other games, for the stability, maybe not. We have to see day by day. Um, is there an argument at the moment? Phil Foden is undroppable from the role that he's playing in, Luke.
0: Um. Uh... I'm unusually of a believer where if your best player is fit and able to play, you tend to play him. And the thing that works with Phil Foden so well is his versatility. He can, he can play across the front line from the right, from the left, middle. He can play up top or as a false nine. He can do whatever he wants. He he is that great. Is that going to probably be his downfall on term? Maybe, maybe, maybe. Uh, Kevin will come back in. He'll come play Kevin as if I know him. Why am I calling him Kevin? <laughs> <As if laughs> when I'm a man, man has that hair in that <laughs> team, he wants to go
1: on a first-name basis.
0: <laughs> oh, he does, yeah. He's a good old R, uh, Kev. Uh, but oh, oh, is is De Bruyne could to come in and play a bit more of a deeper role like uh, Bernardo Silva? Is this going to push Bernardo Silva out of, the, out of the side? That's another alternative. I know everyone's talking about is Folden going to get dropped? Is Folden going to be moved elsewhere? Maybe Folden's going to stay where he is, and maybe De Bruyne will play in a deeper role. Maybe he's more suited to that nowadays, um, especially with his muscular problems. You never know. I mean, Bernardo will probably tell wise as he runs the furthest out of anyone in the team. Um, I would like to slot in in his usual role. I feel like with Folden's versatility, I'd like to. He, he can play wherever he wants. if he pushes out to the right, he can still play. Um, I mean. Surely we're not forgetting some of his wing performances in the past, where he's ran the show from the wing. Um, so ultimately, for me, I feel like Kev's going to come in. He's going to sit in that position, and then Foden's probably going to shift either to the right or to the left, dependent on
1: probably Grealish's availability. Is that the right idea, Alex? Because at the moment, I don't want to fix. I don't want to try and fix something that's not broken. In the sense that Phil Foden is playing so well in those little spaces it, it, centrally, I don't want to take him out of there because we're kind of getting the Phil Foden we've been not necessarily waiting for because obviously we've we've had spells of form and moments of magic for him from years now, but he seems to be getting into a rhythm where he's taken on the role that he has very vocally stated he likes playing in the best, um, and he's playing so well there. And And when we hear from Guardiola saying that they can play there together in some games, but in other games, you know, the team might lack stability from them playing together – that makes me think mm. of the games against the big six. You know, your Liverpool's maybe Champions League knockout games. Um, in those games, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna really put you out here. If you had to play one centrally, Phil Foden, Kevin De Bruyne, at the moment, who is it?
3: At the moment, like based on De Bruyne's lack of minutes, or are you just yeah? I'd say, say if, if three speed, if or?
1: three weeks from now, Kev's playing a bit more regularly, and we've got Liverpool in the league. What do, you, what do you do?
3: Uh, I think you still, maybe if it's like, it's just, it's kind of like how long's a piece of string, isn't it? Because if you'd said like, I don't know, two months or something, I'd probably go with De Bruyne. But if it's like three weeks, then I don't know. If Phil's still playing good, uh, still like really impressive in that role, I think you just sort of keep the continuity and then De Bruyne is not exactly a bad option to come in off the bench, is he? Uh, with like half an hour to go if you decide to change things up. But I think, you know, if we get to like March or or something and, um, you know, De Bruyne has sort of had quite a bit of minutes, he's clearly doing all right with his hamstring, he's training really well. Then I think, I don't think it, obviously it's not as like, it doesn't create a clear cut narrative of now De Bruyne is back, Foden's time in the middle is over. Because as, as you said, and like what Pep said, that both can play together, but not in certain games. And I think you're right. It's the ones where City want to have a bit more control in the centre of the pitch um, because, you know, obviously we've seen De Bruyne attract back and defend. Foden does it all the time, but, you know, Foden, I think, like, you know, his powers or his ability to pick the right pass is to control things is getting better, but it's still not as... Him and De Bruyne is still not as a controlling duo as if you've got, um, you know, maybe, uh, like, a Bernardo playing in the middle or or even, like, a Kovacic, I think. I think he can bring that control sometimes as well. Um So I think, you know, some games, I think we will see them play together towards the end of the season. Um, but it'll probably be more, you know, teams that are probably going to come to the Etihad and not have as much of the ball, maybe just look to counter rather than transition the whole game and sort of uh, turn it into like an end to end contest. So I think, yeah, De Bruyne, he is City's best player. He's probably the best midfielder, attacking player in the Premier League when he's fully fit and firing. So I think when he gets to that point, He's going to have to take priority, but then, you know, as you said, Foden can do so much damage from wide positions. We've seen him starting on the starting out wide on paper, but often driv- drifting into the middle of the pitch at times. So I feel like that could still happen as well. So I don't think it's a clear cut. Oh, now the Bruyne is back. Sort of Foden's fun in the middle of the pitch is over because I think we'll still see plenty of him, and I think that is the end goal of where he'll end up in this city team. It's just about finding the right balance and, and not forcing them to play together when it's in a match uh, against a opponent, that doesn't really suit that. Um, But yeah, I think it's, I think it could be quite exciting actually seeing them together a bit more than obviously we have done in recent months because De Bruyne has been out, but yeah, they look pretty decent together against Huddersfield for the, they were only together for about 15 minutes, I think, before Foden went off, but I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more of that.
1: I'll stick with you, Alex. Luke mentioned maybe Bernardo Silva, but um, if we're assuming that Phil Foden stays in the team like he should, and maybe goes back out wide, um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you another kind of difficult question here. But if De Bruyne becomes a out-and-out out starter again, like we expect him to probably when he's fully fit and can play 90 minutes, um, who misses out? Because I think it's probably Julian Alvarez that we could say has been playing the De Bruyne role for most part of this season. And Pep is on record this season saying he's undroppable. Um, maybe there's an asterisk with that undroppable and that asterisk is when Kevin De Bruyne returns, Yulain Alvarez becomes droppable again um, but Pep's going to have a bit of a difficult selection to make here with uh, the way that Alvarez has played this year uh, obviously we've seen Doku have his moments of magic, we, Grealish is, is Grealish he's kind of steady as ever and, and Phil Foden has been magnificent so Pep kind of has a bit of a headache there with somebody in in that attack is going to have to miss out for Kevin to come back in
3: yeah, um it's it's just not going to be Bernardo Silva is it. <laughs> I think it's uh I think yeah, I think it's probably most likely Julian Alvarez, um uh, you know, provided that Haaland is is back to full fitness and and playing well. Um but then I guess it I guess the 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 answer and it's a bit of a boring one. It just depends on the opponent and how the opponent is likely set up to play, um how much control City want to have, you know, if it's against if, if Pep doesn't want to have Foden and De Bruyne uh in the sort of the 8s uh in a certain game then I can see him playing Foden on the wing and then having um yeah probably Bernardo and, and De Bruyne in the middle maybe like Kovacic sometimes that kind of thing um so yeah I think it's probably I think it's most likely to be Leon Alvarez which you know it's a shame because he's been he's been really good in uh he's been good in Haaland's absence and he offers a lot um but you know, someone's got to miss out, and it's not like he won't play at all. And it's like maybe certain games, Guardiola decides to go ultra offensive and um, and get squeeze Alvarez in there as well. But it's it is hard to see
1: how he fits all of them in. I mean, if City are going to do back to back trebles, they're going to have to play a lot of games anyway. So having having an excess of quality attackers is uh, is never a bad thing. Luke, are you a superstitious person?
0: What do you think, Booker? I don't know. No, I'm uh, not not massively. No, I, I don't really have set routines and stuff like that. I'm more of a if it happens, it happens sort of guy. I'm very, I'm very laid back.
1: How about, how about spiritually? You, in, you into energies?
0: Again, what do you think, grammar I'm, I'm a working class male from outside of Manchester. What do you think?
1: Uh, well, somewhat outside of Manchester, but um,
0: <laughs> not from. Now, gossip.
1: <laughs> what I, what I want to ask is just about the kind of. Um, the energy and the momentum that City can get from from De Bruyne's return, and, and we we heard a we heard a quote from Jurgen Klopp when um, when De Bruyne returned to training, and it was something along the lines of "When Kevin De Bruyne returns, the world will shake," or something like that. Um, even if he's not playing ninety minutes, even if it's fifteen here and there, and coming on for little cameos and, and killing off games, how much of a Just a momentum boost is getting Kevin back into the fold for City, given the fact that, like I said, they're five points behind in the title race at the moment, with a game in hand, yes. Um, But, you know, heading into the Champions League knockouts in a couple of weeks. And um, how much of an impact is that?
0: Well, let's just say that Kevin De Bruyne played for Arsenal instead of Man City. All I'm going to say is we would see one in every two TikToks would be about Kevin De Bruyne coming back and playing football. That's how big of a huge boost he can bring to a team. Um, but at the end of the day, you, you, like, you, we know what City fans are like. We're not going to uh, overhype anything at the end of the day. Like, we, we, we've got a team of six world-class sh- attackers who can play uh, as is. like at the end of the day, we're, we're still touching top of the league and we've had no Kevin De Bruyne, Like coming back. is going to be a massive boost. But at the end of days, it's it's not going to be the. It could cataly like kind of catapult our season. But whether it will or not, who knows? At this stage, we're still very early days. We need to remember that he's got a muscular problem. It could go in the next game. You can't get too overhyped. I mean, it's great to see him back. He is the city's greatest ever player, in my opinion. And I think as soon as he retires, he will get the recognition that he deserves. He's a lot better than Steven Gerrard. Clip that people. Um, And I I, I want it to catapult our season because it could come at a perfect time where around sort of Christmas time going to New Year, things can stagnate in a lot of clubs. And I mean, you're having a look at Arsenal at the moment. Arsenal, they're they're looking looking boring. They're boring at the moment. And then Kev comes on and he plays 20 minutes in a game. He's doing his outside of the footballs. He's doing that... It's the greatest move in world football when he gets the ball and curves it around the whole defense to the striker. It didn't pay off, probably due to sort of match sharpness. But you've seen passes like that,
1: and you're not a spiritual person.
0: honestly that's a valid point if there's any way to bring me into spirituality is to show me Kevin De Bruyne a compilation and I'll believe it fair enough but I'm hoping it can catapult it it won't hinder us that's my final answer it's not going to hinder us definitely but I don't think it's going to be the be all or end all so all the city TikTok people don't go turn into Arsenal fans for the next two weeks, please. Let's just let's just wait until he plays 90 minutes and then turn into an Arsenal fan and just abuse everybody.
1: Nice one. Uh <laughs> Alex, I'm gonna give you one more really <laughs> tough question that, like all the other questions, I did not tell you I was gonna ask you because I'm thinking of them at the moment. Um <laughs> is, Kevin Adam, Bruyne, Booker, <laughs> is Kevin
0: De Bruyne Adam Booker 2K twenty four
1: is Kevin De Bruyne the best player ever to be so easily replaceable.
3: Oh, that's uh, that's an interesting one.
1: Do, do you get the sentiment of the question in the sense that we, yeah, we've yeah. had long it, spells without Kevin De Bruyne yeah. and City have won yeah. domestic trebles, they've won league titles, they've won FA Cups? Mm.
3: I guess... Uh, yeah, I feel like depends what you mean. I, I, obviously, what you mean by replaceable is that City can cope without him and still win silverware. In terms of the exact same kind of player, obviously they haven't replaced him because you know Foden's been great in recent uh, games in the last few months. But he's not the same. You know, he's very good, and obviously he's not quite at the same skill level as De Bruyne yet because you know just so so young still. But in terms of the kind of attacking midfielder he is, he is a bit different. So I guess if you were to go that deep into it, he's not replaceable. But I know what you mean. Um, I don't know, you know, it's hard because it's, you know, I feel like City have always struggled in the past, in in like the modern sort of successful era of the club, when a, a club legend or an extremely good player has left. Say, so, you know, when company left, they, um, or oh, sorry, not when he left, but you know, when, what was it, around, after they won the title the first time, around 2012, 2013, 2014, company had a lot of injuries. And whenever he wasn't in the team, City just fell apart. Um, same kind of happened with the IR for a while. Um, you could say at times they looked... Obviously, they still ended up winning the league. But when Aguero left, at times, that the first few months, they looked a little bit um, like they were missing something up front. In the end, the false nine worked fine. Um, but yeah... It's City don't exactly look bad when De Bruyne doesn't play. Um, so, yeah, I can't, off the top of my head, now that you've dropped that on me, I can't think of any other players where they've, of that quality, though have Cer- left the Certainly team not in the club's history, absent. yeah. No, I've, I've been absent and I've been, you know, the club's been pretty fine without them, really. Um, could you say. I mean, I'm guessing when. I, I'm loathe to bring up his name, but when. Cristiano Ronaldo left United. They did get to two Champions League finals in the three years that followed. No, I'm getting my t- Yeah, yeah, they did, didn't they? Um, yeah. I think. Or did he play in one of them? Anyway, I don't know. It's the short answer. Um, that is that is quite the question. It's a Luke, great question. Either? It's an
0: absolute great question, Booker. I mean, I, I, I think I'm inclined to sort of agree that maybe it's a yes. Because if Rodri had the injury spells that... Kevin De Bruyne had, we'd miss him a hell of a lot. Say, for example, if Erling Haaland had the injury spells, I also think he'd be a bigger, a bigger miss than sort of Kevin De Bruyne. I think the the benefit of it is because he plays in a, in a team where we have so many world-class players in that position who maybe can't do exactly what he can do, but can do it to an extent where it, we can still move forward, which is how it works. And it's a great question, and I, I, I'd be inclined to say yes, Adam. I, I feel like he is the best ever player to be replaceable. Thank you.
1: I'm, that's going straight on the TikTok. I wasn't really listening because I was singing <laughs> Irreplaceable by Beyonce in my head that whole oh, time. Oh, weren't we, were we all? Um, you must anyways. not
0: know about me. You must not know about me.
1: Oh, tune. That is That is the perfect place to end. <laughs> Alex, thank you very much.
3: No, thank you for having me.
0: Uh,
1: Pleasure as always. Beyonce, thank you very much.
0: Thank you very much. I did say on my last episode that um, that was the best appearance. No, it wasn't. This is the best lineup of 2024 people. Enjoy it.
1: Subscribe to the Patreon for the entire three and a half minute song from Luke Bardsley. (laughs) Until next time, see you later.
2: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well?